Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesuto Phil. Envío al área, el remate. Y ahí está el primer tanto del partido. No lo celebra, por supuesto. Aaron Ramsey, 0 a 1 para el Arsenal. This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra. This time not with James from Gunnerblog, who is somewhere between Wales and London. Maybe somewhere in a deep, dark hole, uh, given how good yesterday was for the Arsenal. But I'm delighted to have Tayo Papula here. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Thank I say I'm delighted to have you here. I'm actually in your house. There is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, let's call it um, we've got the pastries. We've got uh, let's let's get this on air, shall we? Hang on yeah. a sec. We've got a sound that we need to share with everyone. Let's do it. Yes, we have the prosecco. <laughs> it's gone all over the table. It's gone all over the table. You have uh, shot your load all well, over the table at the start of the podcast. But yes, yeah, lovely to have you here in East London for a very special Ask Car section. The morning after, the day before, the morning after, the very sad day before. Um, I mean, sad, but 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 lovely as well. How was it for how how, how was it for you in general? Uh, it was. What's the word I'm going to use here? I mean, emotional doesn't seem to quite get to it, you know. Um, I saw a lot of people asking us, did you cry? A lot of people cried, I think. I didn't cry, but I did feel obviously very emotional and very touched and uh, I think heartened by the reception and heartened by the way people stayed behind. There was that worry, wasn't there, that people might just kind of leg it after the European disappointment and everything else, but... Or apart from a few stragglers who, who decided they'd they'd leave, the stadium after kickoff when the players were gone, it, it just stayed full and the atmosphere was fantastic throughout. I don't think there was any real doubt that people would stay and show, you know, essentially show their appreciation. Really, it was. Um, I mean, it's the heart of heart who who wouldn't, of course. Yes, we know it's anyone's opinion and they can do what they like. Yeah. But um, it would have. I can speak for why. Yeah, I all I wanted to do was just to say thank you to, you know, to someone who who in the main has brought nothing but enjoyment, but also has put heart and soul into it. You know, I yeah. mean, it's really we get caught up in it. You know, we're, here, we're football fans. We're doing this off the back of the game that you know uh, we're doing this talking today off the back of. Um, the, we're part of the noise is what I guess I'm trying to say. We're part of the noise that is around the football club and is around what, you know, because of social media and so forth these days. But really and truly at the heart of it is a man who sort of just tried to do his best. I think Gunnerblog said yesterday, James said his favourite Arsene quote is when he goes to heaven, he'll just say, I try to win football games. And it's not as easy as you think. Yeah, and it's like, um, you know, it's the the absurdity and the and and how serious it is all all all, all in one go so yeah. i agree and 
So yeah, yesterday was a chance to just be really, really grateful and hang out with loads and loads of good mates. Just before we started, I was just saying that, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, Block 32 was great. Everyone's in a good mood on the way there. I had a lovely chat with Dave Hollick as usual and just everyone was in a mm. good space and... Yeah, it felt like a good time to be an Arsenal fan yesterday. Yeah, I, th- I think the mood was really interesting as well, wasn't it? It was celebratory. It wasn't funereal in any way. There was no sense. I mean, people gathered because they knew this was a going to be like akin to a wake in a way because it was the final game of Arsene Wenger at home. But it was good natured. I met loads of people before the game uh, in the Tollington, people who come from far and wide from all over to to just be there. Some people who didn't even have tickets, they just wanted to be around to soak up the atmosphere and to, to just hang out with other Arsenal fans and to share what is, you know, I'm not going to say the biggest moment in, in our recent history because we've won things and we've done a lot of good stuff. But when a manager of 22 years is leaving, it's, it's kind of seismic. And it's an occasion people will remember. And I was really glad, first and foremost, that as an occasion, it was, I I think, pitched pretty perfectly. There could have been, couldn't there, they could have done it in a more overly sentimental way. It would have been easy to go towards the mawkish. It would have been easy to make it a bit saccharine. And I don't think there was any of that yesterday. I thought what the club did in terms of how they presented it, how they managed it on the day, before the game, after the game. I thought they got it really spot on and that was great. Yeah, and I mean, you also have to know that, you also know that the man himself would have had a, a say in that. And I think there was word about the not too much fuss before the game because, yeah. because look, we've still got a game to play. And yeah. afterwards, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you've, I remember the you know, when, when Highbury closed, um, perhaps it wasn't, uh, as much it was a bit more mawkish and it was I, I don't think it was as pitched as well yeah. kind of thing so um, but the old players there was a really really class touch and I mean it was Bob Wilson who set me off I can't lie yeah. um, just I mean Bob Wilson and Pat Rice out front first of all it just made me really, really proud of the club, really. You know, the fact that it stretches back that far, the fact that Bob Wilson spoke so warmly about, um, you know, said the greatest manager. I mean, he had, a de- he had a fairly decent manager himself. Him and Pat Rice were part of a fairly yeah, yeah, decent yeah. team. Won the double. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it just, yeah, I agree with you. It just felt like a really good occasion. I quite like, I, And I quite like the pictures, actually, that came down. Uh, yeah, the kind of weird balloony things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was um, it was it was pretty it, it was pretty special. And part of me being, like, I think I got there and said, all right, let's let's not get the um, let's not get the Burnley one-up script, and then you know, <laughs> and then the seventy-eighth minute equaliser, and then the mad push, not for this last game, even though that would in itself be fitting. Yeah. We won five 0 Yeah. By I mean, the way, yeah, <laughs> we might we might just talk about that very very quickly for a sec because that did play a part in in how everybody felt. I mean. It, in some ways, it felt like everything was uh, falling into place, if you like. Beautiful weather, sunny day. That helps. That really helps with people's mood. You know, if it had been pissing down with rain and cold and we'd lost 2-0, I think it would have been a slightly less enjoyable occasion. But because the sun's out, because everybody's in good form, they've had a couple of beers, they're ready to celebrate. The team played well, scored some good goals, um, won 5-0. 
Arsene Wenger even got involved with a little header. That little, was brilliant. Little back header. Little back um, header, yeah. <clears throat> Love the Per stuff. Um, you know, stuff for next season. Can can and will Aubameyang and Lacazette play together? Yeah, um, I think you mentioned it in the blog this morning. The the movement for the movement for the first goal. Aubameyang mm. just appears out. I mean, he's pretty far back when the ball goes out wide, and yeah. um, and he's looking lovely. Lacazette's finish was. Tidy. If only, if only that Welbeck rocket had gone the other. I mean, he larruped it, and yeah. I was like, just thinking, it's those kind of sliding door moments, you know. Like it's Ray, it's Ray. If Ray Parler's goal against England count, uh, Ray Parler's goal for England counts. Then does he have an England career? Yeah, if yeah, Welbeck's yeah. rocket goes in. In the most unwellbeckian way, as well. Do you know what I mean? He it just said, sweet, wasn't it? "He yeah. just said, I'm going to have this," and yeah. like he almost, you know, the kind of arrogance that you'd expect from a Drogba or a Thierry, really, just mm. for that moment, because you don't normally see that. And by the way, it won't be scored. I mean, that was my yeah, uh, that was my proud Nigerian moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's, you know, he's kind of struggled. So it all came to it all came together kind of really nicely. Although while we are talking about the game for a moment, mm. there was a bit of a you know the comedy at the back um, showed itself a little bit in the first in in the first half. I think there was a point where was it Shaka and Bellerin kind of did a sort of Charlie Chaplin esque coming together in the ball. Was it Ch- oh, whatever? Possibly. I've I've forgotten. All I can all I can think of about our defending is you know Callum Chambers and Constantinos Mavropanos. I'm looking at it going yes. Could it be? Could it be? Is well, that was <laughs> well, that was nice, wasn't it, Andrew? Yeah. Because you saw Mavropanos crunching into people. Yeah, he's clever. I watched him uh, because I was sitting in the upper tier, quite near the front, and I watched him deal with whoever the forward was for Burnley. I know Ashley Barnes went off. It was um, Sam Vokes, wasn't it? Sam Vokes. He's clever, Mavropanos. If you watch as they're jostling to win a header. Just right at the last minute, he uses a bit of strength, a bit of shoulder, a bit of elbow, but, you know, just to nudge his man out of the way. And he won a lot of headers. He looks calm and assured on the ball. He's 20 years of age. He's come from a Greek team that nobody's ever really heard of. It's a step up. And I know it's early days, but, you know, I think it all just fed into part of part of the day. This, you know, if we're talking about Arsene Wenger going, what we're talking about as well is a, a renewal Right, a rebirth in some ways of yeah. Arsenal, and if we can see some of these young players be part of that, I think it's a you know apt for the occasion that was in it. Hundred percent. I mean, there's nothing that we like more than to you know a couple of tackles going, a couple of headers going. I mean, Keith was up and Keith, Keith, you know, <laughs> Keith was ready to marry him. He changed his name to changed his name to Stavros, and he was ready to marry him after the first time he put down put down Sam Vokes, but. And that's something that we've been really lucky to have over the last 22 years is that feeling of watching a new person come through. Yeah. And it might be a false dawn, you know, let's call it the, let's call it the Juru dilemma. You know, the, <laughs> we have seen this before. Of course we have, but it is nice to end. And that's what end of seasons used to be like, didn't it? Like yeah. when you'd bring in, you'd see someone new come in for, for a little bit of a cameo and it just kind of gets you, puts a little pep in your step for next season, really. So, if he can kick on, if Chambers can kick on, if a new man can make Chambers holding and, you know, this Mavlopanos and um, part of the first team squad, mm. then that's the kind of hope that we haven't sort of had for a little bit. Yeah. Um, it was a shame seeing, uh, sort of seeing Lolo, seeing Koscielny on crutches yeah. um, at the end. It, 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 it felt like 
something really significant had, mm. had, had, had happened there. But yeah. as you say, you know, it's great to see new people coming in and giving us some hope. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have to talk about Per Mertesacker then if we're oh. talking about defenders. There was a, I watched him warming up. He was warming up. He was waving to the crowd. Crowd were getting right behind him. Arsene Wenger brought on Ramsey and Welbeck and he brought Mertesacker over and said, oh, bring you on in a few minutes. We score the fifth goal at that point. You know, it's safe. It's I think. time. It's safe. Yeah, we can we can pretty much uh, guess that we're going to win this game. Bring Mertesacker on. The reception was amazing. Amazing. You know, this is a guy who has barely played this season, but who retains, I think, such goodwill from, from Arsenal fans. Uh, I know there were some people who were perhaps critical of the interview that he did and the, the reasons that he gave about why he was retiring. I think he was very brave and very honest to talk about the the issues that he's faced. But, you know, he scored in cup finals for us. He kind of got what it means to be an Arsenal player and an Arsenal captain. And I thought it was great. You know, the cheers were fantastic. Every time he got the ball, won a tackle, it was like we'd scored a goal. A great way to send him off as well. I couldn't agree more, Andrew. I think on that interview, um, there is a bigger problem and, and, and you can be on whichever side of the line that you are and it's clear which side I think I am and where you are. I think showing yourself as a human being shouldn't be anything to be turned around and criticised for. And that interview, like you say, it was brave. It was a man saying that I'm not a machine, we're not machines. And we you know, we think about football two-dimensionally. That's, that's what I was talking about at the beginning. We talk about the noise around it yeah. and we want results. We want our team to win. And of course we do. But these are there are human beings involved. And I got a message from a mate this morning who who, who had to miss the game yesterday Um who just said, just about Arsene Wenger, he's just a fabulous human being. And the same the same sentiment, I think, showed itself with Per Mertesacker. He's by far and away not the best central defender that we've had, but he's got the club, he's, you know, he's supported the club and he's staying with the club and he's showed himself to really care about those kind of values. And, and I think, yeah, the reception kind of shown that. So any criticism of his reasons or whatever, I think, uh, yeah, it's two-dimensional and short and, 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 and a bit... And a bit mean-spirited, really. So, yeah. And yesterday, there wasn't any of that. And, uh, yeah, well, I think you said on the blog again this morning, when he went down for that tackle, <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah, it was a, a last-minute winner. And um, I, do you remember when they were playing it around a bit at the back, thinking, yeah. oh, come on, no, yeah. not today. <laughs> not one of <laughs> You know, would he smile it off or would it just be... Yeah. You know, you didn't want like him and Czech to mess up and no. and for uh, Sam Vokes to score, but yeah, that was really lovely. And if that header, if he'd made that header, mm. didn't get close. I mean, in, no. in reality, he didn't get close to no. it. But we were all just cheering at the possibility. Uh, that yeah, <laughs> everyone around me. I think everyone was doing. Stay up, stay up, stay yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, get it in the mixer. Yeah, and then the ball came across. Oh, a nice moment for um, Kolasinic as well to uh, to send. I mean, you got to love a grass cutter. You've 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 made your feelings known before about. Um, what's a, a good goal or not and like yeah. when, a, when a keeper gets a hand to it it just takes it off you doesn't yeah. it but um, I'm I'm on record for loving a look away pass but I do also love a grass cutter yeah. a grass cutter goal I, I, yeah I like those you know I like I like lots of goals you know uh, I thought Kolasinac uh, scored, a, scored a belter it reminded me of uh, Podolski kind of goal Podolski scored you know, keeping the ball in that position and he can really he can really hit it you know you look at uh, Kolasinac and Mavropanos on, on the left side of that defence there's a burliness there isn't there that uh, yep. you know hasn't been part of our uh, team for, for quite a while um, 
Well, what did you make of uh, Jack Wilshire? Is this maybe the last time we're going to see Jack Wilshire at the Emirates Stadium? I did wonder. I mm. did wonder. I mean, it was a funny because normally with the with the lap of appreciation, you start trying to working out who's you know who's clapping the most, who's clapping the most, who's walking behind, who's yeah. showing the most. Um, but of course, all the all the focus was was on Arsene. I don't know whether. Um, I was speculating yesterday that maybe the flip of, you know, maybe the change of management might make Jack Wilshere think twice. But um, mm. I, mean, I don't understand the situation. Is it on him now or is it on the club? I think there's a contract on offer which he hasn't deemed suitable to sign. So, yeah, I like mean, if I you don't... were him and Everton were going to offer you a shit ton of money way above and beyond what Arsenal are offering you and you know you're a player who's got injury problems whose top flight career is probably a little bit more finite than some other players if you've got one big move left in you then maybe that's what you would have to do as a as a person as a footballer you know as a person as a footballer yeah but you know with, with Sam Allardyce at the end of it and mid-table mediocrity almost as a certainty um, yeah. Arsenal puns aside on that then I'd think about it I mean one thing that <clears throat> Excuse me. One thing that I think will be evident next season is that the very broad shoulders of the man who's been there to take the flak will be removed. Mm. And a lot of players, not to say the boardroom, I'm sure we'll get to that, not to say in the boardroom, a lot of people are going to be exposed next season and will have to step up because the man who has given them as players trust and time again to prove themselves above and beyond maybe too much because he treats mm -hmm. his players as well as he does I think that was something as well which set me off with I've got a, a, um, an affinity as we, with George Weir and the story that Bob Wilson told sure. about George Weir just kind of I mean I just went at that <laughs> um, but you know he's he's given Jack Wilshire chance and chance again and you know maybe Jack Wilshire could stay or should stay and prove that he does deserve to play mm. more for Arsenal with somebody else behind, with somebody else in charge who hasn't been nurturing him since the age of 14 and has sure. said, look, I know what you can do. A new manager is going to come along. You could say this for a lot of the squad, a lot, a lot of the first team. A new manager is going to come along and look at them on their, just on their merit, not on the fact that he knows what they can do. Or he likes them. Or he likes them, yeah. you know? And this is someone who, who does that all the time with players. I know what you can do and I'm going to try my best to get it out of you. Similarly, he knew, you know, and, and that means in the same way that he's stayed on too long, he's kept players on too long because yeah. he's seen something in them. So, you know, maybe Jack Wilshire with a contract on the table should stay and show that he is worthy of being the Arsenal player that he and everyone else wants him to be. Yeah, well, look, we'll see. We'll find out soon enough. I think we're going to find out a lot of stuff pretty quickly, aren't we? The season is over on, on Sunday. And, you know, as soon as the season is over, you need to start making preparations for the new season. So I think we'll, we'll get decisions on Jack Wilshire and obviously a new manager, but we might, uh, we might leave talk of a new manager uh, until another day. I'm not sure. It's quite where my head is this morning. I'm still... Not at all. I'm still like... Uh, I won't say basking, but I, it was just so. It was just so lovely. I was really glad to be there, really yeah. glad to be there. Like, uh, you know, I went to Madrid in the week, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed their stadium. I didn't enjoy the game so much, but you know, you go and you you're with your mates and you have the social occasion, and and I think 
sometimes it's easy to ignore that part of what football is or, or part of what being an Arsenal fan is. It is the games. It is the players. It is the manager. It is the results. But it's also all the ancillary stuff that's part of it, the experiences that you have, the people that you meet, the friendships that you develop over time. Those are, those are invaluable. They're just part of your Arsenal supporting experience, whether you're going to a game or whether you're meeting with mates in a pub on the far side of the world. It is just part of it, you know, and that's why I think yesterday was was so lovely. Yeah, well, I mean, some, yeah, summed it up perfectly. And I think um, you're talking about we want to win games. Of course we do. But, you know, you want to enjoy the experience and you want to understand the the hard work that people are trying to put in. I mean, all the, all the players are trying to do, and it's hard when you're criticising players and we've all done it, all these players are trying to do, all this man or the manager all they're trying to do is is to win games. He want, they mm. want to win as much, if not more so, because they're the professionals, we're the watchers, as much as we do. And um, But it is just part of the experience because, you know, I mean, we're sitting here doing this because of... Because of 11 men kicking a ball about for yeah. years you know what I mean it's a, yeah. it's absurd but it's brilliant it's that kind of unbelievable belief you know um, unbelievable belief <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and long may it continue yeah so look the final whistle went and you know I spoke to people before this uh, before the game and I spoke to people in the build up to it and they were saying look I, I hope whatever happens you know the stadium is full. I hope there isn't like a, you know, too many people who decide, look, my my relationship with Arsene Wenger uh, is done. I'm not here to celebrate him anymore. There are, like, you know, like you said earlier, there are people like that and that's perfectly, uh, they're entitled to that opinion. But I think for an occasion like yesterday, it was it was really amazing to see so many people just waiting in the stadium, singing songs. I mean, from the start, it was like the repertoire of, of Arsenal songs. Every song you could ever think of. Some good, some bad, some like, don't sing that, guys, please. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> There was quite a few. I mean, I know we said we'd talk about managers another day, but the, um, Vieira was yeah. sung for quite lustily, wasn't he? Yeah. On more than one occasion. Thierry Henry as well. Thierry Henry's song rang out. He wasn't there. I thought that was a little bit surprising. I wondered whether he was in... I mean, was the he game? was working for Sky. Was Sky? Right. But I reckon if you're Thierry Henry... And you say to Sky, you know, it's Arsene Wenger's last game at the Emirates. I'd like to be there. Maybe he felt like he might take some spotlight away from him. So maybe that's part of why. I just thought it was a little bit of a surprise that, that he wasn't there. I was wondering where he was. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I didn't see, um, I'm sure he was there, Ivan Gazidis. Did you, Ivan Gazidis, was he there? I didn't, I assume he was he kept, in the, the director's box. He kept a very low profile. Uh, we've got, <laughs> um, we get, we did you see Il Duce? Like, does anyone know who that... Um, I'm going to show you a picture of it. This is makes sure. terrible radio, but I'll put it up on Twitter afterwards. Okay. There was one absolutely... Because we, as anyone who doesn't know, we sit... Um, we uh, sit behind the opposition managers and next to the press box. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, we are underneath the... the director's box, sure. which is obviously... Which means that they regularly get Keith's anger... <laughs> <laughs> he just turns around, literally shakes a fist. But there was an absolute bruiser in there, standing there like that, not clapping. Oh, I'll put wow. it up later. Does anyone know who? Well, I don't know who that is. I'll put it up later on, and then we can find and we we, we can ask the question. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Shame. Yeah, that is a bit um, Il Duce, all right, isn't it? 
Yeah, Keith directed Design go at the Cronkies and said, I'm not I'm not saying anything to him, he looks like he'll pulverize me. <laughs> <laughs> Pick your targets, yeah. Pick your targets. I mean look, let's let's touch on that before we talk a bit more about Arsene Wenger. Um they start the the uh, celebrations because obviously they're paying tribute to Vic Akers a man who has also given a, a lot of years to the club and done great service um, both to the first team and the Arsenal ladies as they were the Arsenal women's team uh, the most successful uh, manager in women's football I believe Alex Scott uh, who who uh, was retiring has uh, had a, an amazing career I did enjoy the Tottenham Hotspur she's, she's won more than you fantastic chant. yeah brilliant wonderfully timed Per Mertesacker, he was there uh, to mark his final game as captain. But when, uh, I think it's Nigel um, Mitchell who does the, the, the Arsenal podcast and does the pitch side announcements, I said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome <laughs> Sir, Sir Chips Keswick. And it was <laughs> like, boo. And it was not a minority of people in the stadium booing. It was not. It was, I'm not saying it was the majority either, but it was a fair chunk. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed that, Andrew. I can't lie. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't spoil anything. It didn't snow. It, it was a little bit like awkward. A touch of like you know sometimes when you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm and your toes are a bit like oh no. It was a bit scratchy, yeah. yeah. Um, but he, you know, being a being the consummate pro he is, he just he just sort of stood ramrod straight and mm-hmm. just kind of just kind of wore it. Look, that's their role now. And um, Stan Kroenke had um, and Josh Kroenke had um, the brief their brief moment on the screen as well was met with a say, yeah, boo! <laughs> Quick, change the camera, change yeah, the camera. It was a nice, a nice bit, <laughs> a nice bit of pantomime. Um, but you know, like I said, the. The broad shoulders are going to be gone next season. Oh, let's just get the bubbles in there. Yeah. yeah. But you know their barrier is um their barrier is removed next season, and we'll never know until the book. We'll never know just how much mm. was um, Arsene Wenger and his enormous salary, which everybody always wants to talk about and always has a problem with. We don't know how much he just decided to take on, mm. and they're going to be. We have to see progress next season. We have to see the right appointment made. We have to see money being made available. Mm. And how much of that um, is down to a board who have let Arsene Wenger take um, the the majority of the criticism and how much of it is down to the handcuffs perhaps that they put on him. We're going to find out soon enough. Yeah, For all the criticism of Arsene Wenger, it was very telling, I think, yesterday that when fans wanted to express some displeasure at why we are where we are, I mean, we we, we can celebrate a momentous occasion and how, how much um, goodwill there was. But the underlying reason for this is that, you know, Arsene Wenger is going because things haven't been good enough. They chose to express that at the board and not the manager. And to be fair, the manager has taken all the hits, all the hits down the years. So they've changed the dynamic now. They've put this football structure in place, the the Sven, the Raul, the Ivan. They're the ones that are going to be judged now because they won't have the shield of, of Arsene Wenger, of this supposed autocrat who makes all the decisions with, a, with an iron fist, you know, iron fist in a velvet glove, maybe. But that was it. Everyone... Everyone always said it's Wenger. It's Wenger who makes all the decisions. And that was true to a large extent. But now they've changed it and they'll be judged on those decisions so good luck to them and by the way um, the fact that 
there was such an outpouring of emotion and gratitude for the manager yesterday. It's not impossible to have to show that outpouring of emotion and gratitude and also to recognise that it's time for Arsene Wenger to go. I think Daniel Storey said that um, the, from Football 365 put it more eloquently than me. But um, there's well, I think the- He was reacting, wasn't he, to something that was said by, was it um, Oliver Holt? I believe <laughs> I believe that's his name. I didn't see the tweet. Um, I, I am one of many who have been... Uh, um, where the privilege of seeing his wisdom has been removed from my, from oh, really? from from me, from a long time ago. Voluntarily, or or it was in, it inflicted upon you. I think many years ago, I might have commented about like, <laughs> that you could you could you could you could smell the alcohol on one of his inane rants, and from that moment on, my mm. access to Oliver Holt. Oh well, was, look, um, I'm sure your life is is. Uh, it, it it went on. Yeah, it went on. But um, I, yeah, but I mean, on that point, it's not. It's. I mean, surely it's just, it's it's the reaction of, um, you know, a, a man who wants some attention on a day which yeah. has got nothing to do with him at all. I think that's a really good way of putting it, absolutely. Because you can't, you can't fundamentally misunderstand football and football fans that much if you're a football columnist and a football writer, right? That it is possible to think it's time for change, but also be hugely appreciative of a man who's given you some absolutely amazing moments and great times as a fan. And you can say, look, that stuff that we were frustrated about, it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter because the change is happening. So we can just focus on all those good things. Absolutely. And I mean, it's it the amplification of social media and, you know, if ifs and, and TV mean that if 100 people are shouting one Arsene Wenger and two people are holding up a banner then the amplification of the negativity goes around the world much yeah. quicker. And I don't think it's fair to say that the majority of Arsenal fans are being hypocritical or anything like that, wow, because it's, 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 it's nonsense. And perhaps we've just, just, you know, perhaps we've just legitimized it by talking about it. But I would also feel like, you know, it's Fuck something, that guy. Yeah, it's always something <laughs> that I want to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that that's yeah. dealt with. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, look, then, then you know, Arson came out and there was a guard of honour for him and he, he stood on the pitch. You're, you're crying already. Honestly, I, you know, I didn't cry. I don't, you know, I'm not that kind of a cry person. Um, some people who cry at adverts, you know, I'm, I'm not that guy. But, you know, it was impossible not to be touched by it. It was impossible not to get those little shivers down your spine when he talked about, you know, I'm like you, I'm an Arsenal fan. I bet you didn't even cry at the end of season four of The Wire when Juki left. I'm Mikey. rewatching it, man, and I've like I've forgotten so much. It's like a new experience for me. What a feeling that I must know, be. I know. So don't, no spoilers. All right, my girlfriend has said that she will watch. She, goes, she said to me the other day, "Do you mind watching it for the tenth time if we start from the beginning?" The tenth time. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it nine times. Yeah. So I just I'm like. I like how you kept count. <laughs> <laughs> I do it by the girlfriends, and I've watched it with nine different girlfriends. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, you're saying you're not the cry kind. That's a that's a that's a. But diversion. no, I mean it was it wasn't impossible, wasn't it? Not to just like feel absolute an outpouring of kind of I guess it's kind of love for the guy because he's been part of my life since I was 24 25 years of age and through accident much more than design so much of my life now is wrapped up around 
Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. I don't, you know, I've never written so much stuff about one man. Mm. I don't think I ever will again. Is it surely impossible for me to write more about any other man than him? And, you know, just seeing him standing there, taking in the occasion, you know, when he says, I'll, I'll miss you. Oh, man. Oh, goodness me. You know. But, but um, by the time he got to miss you, um, I'll miss you, it was all over. But, you know, like that big Esquire interview last year, Andrew, mm. where you just got more of him as a philosopher and how he feels about football. Um, I think, I mean, we've, we've, we've touched on this not half as eloquently earlier on in the podcast, but when he says, this is more than just watching football, it's a way of life, it's caring about a beautiful game, about the values we cherish, and as well, that's something that goes for all our bodies in every cell of our bodies. Yeah. Hold me. That was there, though, wasn't it? That was in the stadium. You could feel that current around the stadium yesterday as people sang one Arsene Wenger, as he spoke, as they applauded, you know, after almost every line. He's right. It is something that goes through all our bodies. And there was also an element of understanding. And I mean, I saw I saw his um, very generous kind of um, message with the press who, you know, a lot of them who've exempted themselves from um, everything as they always do, mm. perhaps. Um, and that doesn't apply to the good guys, I might add. But um, the generosity of him, you know, I know it hasn't always been easy. I know you've had this 22 years of me. You know, there was a kind of wry yeah. humour in his address yeah. to us and so forth as well. So I just don't think that you can separate the fact that he's just a really decent bloke. Yeah. From the fact that he's a football manager who's disappointed you. Yeah. Sometimes, sorry about that, but you know, here's a decent guy who has tried to put some incredible values into the people who've played for him and the love that those players, in general, have shown back to him. Can't be, can't be worth, can't be worth, can't be worth ignoring. Basically, no. you know. Of course, I mean, he, I think he's had an impact on people's lives from a sporting point of view, but from a personal point of view. I mean, you're talking about somebody that when when you hear him speak, it's it's almost impossible to disagree with him. I'm saying I agree with everything he ever said, but you can usually see a rationale to the things that he says, whether you agree with them or not. Okay, I wouldn't have done it that way, but he decided to do it that way, and that's why he did it. And yeah, I think just the, the overall decency of him, he comes across as a man with real dignity, um, intelligent, erudite, speaks as well in his second language as most people do in their first. You know, I think as, as somebody... You know, we, we like to think of Arsenal as an institution, right? An institution that we're invested in. And I think, for me anyway, he has enhanced the reputation of that institution over the course of his 22 years, regardless of the things that might or might not have gone as well as we would have, would have liked. Yep, absolutely well said. I mean, I loved Andrew. Everyone loved Andrew Allen's blog the other day. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't with it? With those moments. Um, have you got an off-key one, like maybe not one of the normal ones that, that he didn't mention on there, just as an illustration of the fact that he has given us so many amazing moments? But yeah, just as a bit of fun, have you got a moment that wasn't mentioned in Andrew's brilliant blog? God, I'd have to go back and, and read the blog. It's it's kind of hard to pick them out. There was so much in that. There was so much detail in that, wasn't there? You know, I always liked where he was self-deprecating because he was capable of that quite often. His humor was was always really good. You know, I I sort of like where he he always stuck up for what he believed in and stuck up for Arsenal. I think one of the one of the 
so I won't say it's a favorite thing, but perhaps a thing that maybe illustrates what kind of a guy he is. Remember a couple of years ago, there was a, a European game we played where one of their players failed a drug test. And I think he said something along the lines of, you know, in any other sport, if you fail a drug test, well, you know, the, the results should go the other way. I can't remember whether we won or lost that game, but he was asked about it in his press conference and he was asked about doping in football and he spoke on the record about doping in football and about uh, how, it, how it is something that we have to pay attention to. No other manager, not one single manager ever said a word about that. They never said a word about doping. Two days later, UEFA send a 10-man delegation to the Arsenal training ground to dope test all of our players. Because that's why, that's what they do. And that's a, that's a message, but he still believed in what he was saying and was prepared to say it, even though he knew there would probably be those kind of consequences. And he never ducked anything. I mean, no. apart from talking about, you know, stuff involved with his job, he's been asked about referendums, dictatorships. He's been asked about every single... David Bowie? David <laughs> that was brilliant. I love the David Bowie thing. Is there an Arsene comment on Prince? I don't know if they should, if there was, but they probably... I, I bet somebody asked him. The thing was... He was that, a purple paisley delight. <laughs> <laughs> with great, some great qualities. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's... it's he <laughs> never... Played guitar with uh, <laughs> not his uh, handbrake on. <laughs> But he, you know, he, he gave himself in that kind of way and he's been an absolute delight. I mean, lampooned by the same people who asked him yeah. the, the, you know, the stupid questions. But you know what? As you said earlier on, fuck those guys today. It's fuck about, them. it's about, it's about an excellent man on an excellent occasion yesterday. And um, I am excited about next season, Andrew. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think that's part of what was interesting about yesterday was as much as people were there to celebrate Arsene Wenger, there was an undercurrent of this is this is kind of exciting because something new is going to happen and something fresh and, and everything else. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited by that. Yeah, um, uh, new players, new players will come in. Old players um, or existing players will, as I say, have to change their attitude and um, up their game because there is not the safety net of someone who mm. believes in them. And that's going to make it really exciting for us to watch next season. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we're going to take a little short break here. Eat uh, the rest of the pastries. The rest of the pastries. Have a little bit more of the Prosecco and we'll come back with questions and more in part two right after this. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is the part of the show where we answer questions that you send to us on Twitter at DJ Tayo and at Arsblog. Um, not on Facebook today because I just haven't got around to posting it on Facebook. So sorry, Facebook people. Uh, you're going to have to be uh, content with all the other weeks when we don't answer the questions from Facebook either. Right. Uh, I'm going to start. This one comes from Dave Keegan. Um, and he wants to know, uh, he says, it was a classy touch by the club to present Wenger with the Invincibles trophy. But such as his humility, do you think Arsenal will bequeath the trophy back to the club in his last will and testament? I mean, what what do you think, A, of giving him that trophy and B, like, what's he going to do with it? Do you think he'll just give it to the, give it back to the club? He's not going to, like, put it in his jacks, is he? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I don't think, it was, it was a classy thing to do to give it to him. They had to give him something. I mean, they're not going to give him a, not going to give him a gold watch, are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And here is a lovely carriage clock for all your service. It was a, it's, it's a, it's a symbol of the, his greatest achievement. Exactly that of his greatest achievement, and um, so it was fitting that it was part of the presentation. But yeah, I wouldn't be remotely surprised if he turned around and gave it back to the club because he did it for the club, and mm. and it was nice seeing a few of those invincibles there. I mean, I booed myself horse with canoe yeah there he as well. came on the screen oh god that was that was yeah. that was amazing and to see ralph as well um and um while we're talking about invincibles and i know that i'm preaching to the choir here but my god how handsome did he look robbie bobby oh my goodness oh. <laughs> there was a moment where he came on the screen and i was just like <gasps> <laughs> there's a picture there's a picture of um someone posted a picture i think it's um Petit, could be Petit, Saul Campbell, Robert Perez, Freddie Jumberg and Lauren all together. I'm looking at it going, okay, I can see some of these guys are getting a bit older, but holy shit, Robert Perez looks amazing. Absolutely. I mean, Freddie was in good nick as well. Um, Gilles Grimandi is getting more and more French by the <laughs> more French by the day. I haven't seen Gilles Grimandi for a while. He was, yeah, he was there. He was... Um, I, I mean, I love seeing Ralph as well. Um, he what, fills out that shirt, doesn't he? He does, yeah. What, but um, a great collection of players, symbolised by that great trophy for his greatest achievement. So yeah, I do think it's, um, I do think it's fitting that they gave it to him. And I lo- again, I love the fact that it was Pat Rice. Um, well, they were bombproof, weren't they? Pat Rice and 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 Bob Wilson. You know, I guess there must have been some measure of anxiousness on the club's behalf as to how it might go just in case because things have been so fractious and there is perhaps an element who who might have made it into something it shouldn't have been so you bring out Bob Wilson you bring out Pat Rice like what kind of an asshole would you have to be to like have a problem with those two you have to be the biggest asshole so we've had um, I've got one for you this is from Tom Servo Jones there's been a few of this I've just picked out his one do you think it's a bit extreme that some of our fan base are vilifying club legends like Ozil and Henri for not participating yesterday? We've touched on uh, Thierry. You touched on him in the first mm. half. But, of course, Ozil wasn't there yesterday. I think he was. I think he was. Oh? Yeah. The, in the lineup of players, I uh, was watching Match of the Day 2 last night. And if you, if you pause, just as it's kind of fading into a different shot, I think Mesut Ozil is there wearing a cap. 
and a tracksuit and, and that kind of stuff. So I think he was there, and I think he was there on the lap of uh, appreciation. I guess I wanted to bring out the fact, I wanted to mention him anyway, because, of course, in the week, he was mm. very much dug out by another club legend, Martin Keown, yeah. um, who called it. I think we all knew. <laughs> he said, he will be ill on Saturday, on Sunday. Don't you worry about that. I mean, any, any thoughts on that? Um, I think maybe Mesut Ozil is one of those players who needs to be treated differently from other players. I remember seeing one of those, uh, you know, one of the soccer AM type things where they go like, who's the, who's this guy? Who's the best trainer? Who's the teacher's pet? It was Aaron Ramsey, I think, talking. He said, yeah, Mesut Ozil, he's the, <laughs> he's the teacher's pet. He just goes into Arson's office and, you know, whatever he wants, he, he gets. And I think there's been an element of that with, with Mesut Ozil that perhaps he, Arson has decided that he can be treated that way or he will treat him in that way that maybe a different manager would have a different outlook on that kind of thing maybe wouldn't be as indulgent in mm. some of the things that that he does you know when when a manager talks about a player being missing because of illness or a back problem you're immediately on suspicion right yeah he's definitely. ill what does that mean like he's got a calf strain he'll be out for three weeks he's got a groin dicky hoo-hickey whatever you know those are specific things, but a back problem, yeah. Which, yeah. which can miraculously clear up. Absolutely. But I mean, players, I mean, clubs have always had players like that. Yeah. I mean, I think Wrighty talks um, very funnily about, um, I think it's with George Graham, or maybe it's with um, Arsene Wenger, I'm not quite sure. It probably would be with George Graham, wouldn't it? That he just, you know, he got a little bit of a, he got a little bit of a pass because he was, the he one was, banging in all the goals, the goals yeah. and they all say that Tony Adams could just stroll around and do what he wants. Got the contract, <laughs> got the contracts <laughs> he wants. So people are always going to have their favourites. So, but it is interesting that um, I did think it was interesting the way that Martin Keown came out like that, and it'll be interesting to have someone like Martin Keown in the dressing room four days when things when when things don't go that well for a luxury player you do leave yourself open to it don't you yeah you do but I think it's to do with the style of play you know I'm not sure everything Keon said was particularly uh, right you know whatever he said about him having an emotional breakdown or whatever that was I don't think there was any need for that yeah I think you can question perhaps some of his availability you know when the game is uh, definitely away from home and it's up north chances are Mesut Ozil might have a little bit of a back problem or he might be ill you know we 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 either have the world's most brittle-backed, sickly player, or there is just a little bit of indulgence going on there. And I guess people will accept that if in big, big, big games, Ozil is a guy who's going to pull you through them. I'm not sure that's necessarily been the case. I mean, I, I really like him as a player. I think he's a fantastic player. I think... Uh, I think, you know, when you look at around Europe at the creative players, he's certainly one of them. And I think maybe he is someone also who could benefit from a different system and benefit from a different manager who maybe pushes him, maybe pushes him to get more out of him or maybe decides he needs different players around him to get the best out of him. Perhaps that that's what it is. But yeah, he's a he's a target, I think, for for some fans because of his style and because of just the general uh, unavailability at times. So me or you I think it's me um, we've got here uh, one from Clive PAFC uh, Clive who's on the um, Arsenal Vision podcast and he says do you think Arsenal failed Arsene Wenger as an employer we were weak and we let his career derail 
No way should that man be walking out of our club with all that knowledge. That's not how you build organizations. We should have been firmer years ago. And also, do you think Wenger will return? I mean, he'll return as a fan, sure. Um, <clears throat> and take his seat um, in the in the director's box, I'm sure, just for, to watch a game. Did the club fail Arsenal Wenger? That's really interesting because we keep on hearing about how much influence he had on the club and maybe an overbearing one as mm. such. So in that sense, the club failed themselves by get, by letting it get to the situation where one man... It's all right. We can have phone noises on this well, podcast. We can have fun noises. Yeah. Um, the club failed him by letting it get to the situation or failed us for letting things get to the yeah. situation where he's in a position to ask ask to to plot his own downfall show me a man in any show me a man or woman in any field mm. who is going to be able to negotiate their own departure as well as someone sometimes you need someone else to turn around and say you know what we saw it with Brian Clough not everyone can um, Alex Ferguson had Sir Alex Ferguson had two goes at it before he finally got out the door yeah. um, on his own volition so yeah maybe the club have got a level of responsibility um, in in the situation that we ended up in. If Arsene Wenger had wanted to walk away um, or had been able to walk away after one of the recent cup finals, were we in a position to get a replacement? Were we in a position to kick on from there? Yeah. Or And it's all speculation. Perhaps did he stay on because he, was he ever asked to stay on because, you know what, we're not ready yet. We need to get stuff in place. The book, the book. The book, the book, the book. Maybe we'll find out these things. So, yeah, there has been, um, and I think that was shown in some of the reaction, which we've already talked about yesterday as well. There's there's culpability in the boardroom as well for the situation that we're in. But, um, I mean, look, I'm an, an unashamed arson apologist, clearly, but um, while recognising his faults, of course... But um, it's not just on him, this situation, I don't think. No, I agree. I agree. I think as well we have to look back maybe at the the way everything unfolded when the Dean and Cronky stuff went down, right? That was a bolt from the blue. That was a real bolt from the blue. And all of a sudden, David Dean, who's Wenger's basically a sounding board in many ways, but also a man who can get things done is gone from the club because of the way that he wanted to bring Kroenke in, then wanted to bring Usmanov in. You know, he created this kind of vacuum at board level where all of a sudden the guy who would push Wenger to do things was no longer there. Wenger then was the guy who appointed his replacement. There were all kinds of... It took maybe, what, 18 months or so? Two years, perhaps, to appoint Ivan Gazidis? And Gazidis has always been inferior is that that's the wrong word but you know what i mean he he has not had the he has not had the same kind of influence that david dean had he didn't have the same influence over wenger i think over the years gazidis and wenger's relationship has been um difficult yeah, yeah absolutely that's definitely come across and there's been statements where gazidis has tried to distance himself from mm. the boss and i know you've been critical of that i also remember you being very critical of um of David Dean at the time. Um, not very critical of David Dean, but I remember you questioning the fact that he'd brought this kind of discord into the club. You could which... see what he was trying to do now. With hindsight, you could see what he was trying to do because he could recognise that with Chelsea, with 
um, with this kind of new development in, in oil money that Arsenal were probably going to need something more than just what the Emirates Stadium was going to, to bring. I think it was the, the way he did it more than anything. And ultimately... It was Dean who brought Kroenke on board. When the board found out what was going on with Kroenke, they shafted Dean. Dean then went and got in bed with Usmanov, and now this is where the Arsenal Cold War comes from. Well, you know, at the end of the day, David Dean, David Dean got, what, 75, 80 million pounds for his Arsenal shares. So, you know, the consequences of that weren't just this boardroom schism. They were, they created this power vacuum into which Arsene Wenger inserted himself in many ways, that he became the most powerful figure at the club in all things football. And that has been part of why uh, we haven't won the title since 2004, it definitely is. It's only now perhaps that the board are beginning to feel emboldened enough or strong enough to make decisions that they should have made a few years ago, I think. Jonas Emteval, I hope I've said that properly, Jonas Emteval asks... If you could ask Arsene one question about a specific event during his Arsenal years and he, no matter what, would give you a detailed and honest answer, what would it be? I think we did this a couple of weeks ago. It would be the summer of 2011. Yeah, with Nasri and Sesk and the shopping. Like, how, how could any club, how could we sit there as only fans knowing that Fabregas was going to leave. Nasri was going to leave. We knew that. The club knew that. They, if we knew it, the club knew it. Why didn't they do more that summer? What was the dynamic that went on? I remember speaking to somebody quite close to everything that went on there who was critical of the way that the Arsenal board acted at that time. Things could have been done in a more timely fashion had, for example, people, certain people, not the manager not gone on holidays, right? When there was yeah. negotiations going on. Yeah. Those kind of things. That they were delayed and delayed. And, you know, Wenger's famous quote at the time, isn't it? You can't be considered a big club if you let Fabregas and Nasri go. He didn't say that as a stupid man. He said that knowing fine well that it was probably going to happen. So was that a message to, to the board? I'd love to know what went on there. I think for me, around the same time, because we're talking about a, a critical period, what did you and Van Persie chat about? Mm. Um, please, because um, of all the things that happened in the recent... I mean, that was that that was a real one for me. Did you always have like this faith? I always... Maybe it was misguided or not, but I always thought that when Van Persie, when Fabregas would sit down with Arsene Wenger... He would be able to convince them that this was the wrong thing to do. The reason you should stay at Arsenal is X, Y, and Z, because I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We are as a club going to do that. Have trust in me as a manager to, to do that. And maybe that was, I won't say the beginning of the end, but when players like Fabregas and like Van Persie, who you know, will talk openly about how much they owe Arsene Wenger and how big an influence he's been on their careers, where they had to make decisions that were not necessarily easy decisions to make in yep. many ways Fabregas I've, I've always been a little less harsh on Fabregas yeah. than, than for a start I know you have for example yeah. um, Van Persie one I think I've also said before on various uh, platforms that's the one that slayed me Van Pers uh, Fabregas going to Barcelona makes sense to me mm. um, Van Persie going to them 
after scoring 37 goals and then winning them the league single-handedly yeah, yeah, just yeah. destroyed me. <laughs> it still does. And I'd love to know what that conversation what that conversation was and why it couldn't have been avoided. Yeah. Okay, here's a question from... This one comes from uh, Duddy, who's at Rick Duddy, who says, what song would you play over a montage of Wenger's finest moments? I love this because in my head yesterday, I was... I had the streets dry your eyes, mate, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that's been trumped this morning. Um, and this is clearly what Twitter was invented for. Andy Hart has um, put up a put up Arsene's um, The Walk Out Onto The Pitch to the music of, to the ending credits of Gomorrah. That is some TV series, that. Which is why, I mean, it's, 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 it's a potential Hall of Famer in, in, in TV. And we should really do a, a we should do a, a, a mini series podcast at another time. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it is very fitting for, to put the music uh, to the to the ending credits of Gamora. If you haven't seen Gamora, you need to. If you haven't seen Andy Haas tweet, you need to do that as well. Mm. Yeah. James Wilkinson, who's at James Wilksey, replies David Bowie Heroes, which of course is just one of those. It's, it's slightly anthemic. Um, I don't know what I'd actually pick. I'd have to go through my iTunes library, you know, that way. I'm pretty confident I could find the right piece of music, but off the top of my head, I'm struggling a little bit with this one. Okay, cool. I've got... Let me see what I've got for you. <clears throat> I'm saving uh, one of the best for for, for, <laughs> for last. <laughs> Tim A, Timmy's, at Timmy's 77, has sent a couple of wonderful tweets. I'll just okay. mention the first one, which is Oliver Holt, how does a man this simple manage to feed himself? I just like it because <laughs> it's funny. It doesn't even need an answer. But one that does need an answer is how many of your internal organs did you cough up while laughing at Shawcross and the Legion of Orcs? A lot of them. A lot of them. That was, if we're talking about setting up a, a weekend of celebration, to see that happen before we were going to say goodbye to Arsene Wenger was just something else, wasn't it? If you could write a script about, okay, Stoke getting relegated. I remember I saw people last week uh, on Twitter talking about if it comes down to it on the final day, would you, would you happily accept a defeat to Huddersfield if it meant Stoke going down, yep. I would have. Yes. I absolutely would have. I always want my team to win. I always want my team to win. Um, but, you know, in the context of everything that's going on, I would have absolutely, absolutely taken. <laughs> but I mean, I messaged you on Saturday, didn't I? I said, yeah. I really should. It was a sunny day. I was at a, you know, was at a lovely 40th birthday party out in the countryside. Could hear the you know the birds outside the barbecue going, and there I was scrolling through Arsenal Twitter with the hashtag Stoke FC, <laughs> laughing my head off, enjoying every second of it. I just want to um, I mean Stoke City FC at Stoke City, uh, the official account. <clears throat> I just want to read it. Eighty-six minute goal, Palace, City open as they search for a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Shawcross attempts to cut it out. <laughs> Instead, Shawcross provides the assist of the season because he would have been offside. Setting up Van Aanholt, who scores? Brackets 1-2, hashtag FCFC. And I just put, tell me, like if you do it in your best kind of Charlie Murphy voice, I challenge you, tell me a better moment than that. It was glorious. Does that make it small mind? Does it make me a small-minded football fan? Yes. Is that the point of football? Sometimes. Isn't that the entire existence of Twitter for moments like this? Yes. Yes, mm. it was brilliant. Good luck to them. Good riddance. 
Um, are we hanging on to it for too long? Probably. But have they hung on to it for too long? Definitely. Aaron Ramsey, he walks with a limp. Limp your way down to the championship, you they, fuckers. You said it yourself. Fuck those guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it really was. It was just beautiful. I love the, the desperate lunge to get the ball, whereas if he just left it, Van Aanholt was going to be on offside. It wouldn't have, wouldn't have mattered. But instead, karma has come back. This is retribution for what happened all those years ago with, with Aaron Ramsey. Just take your time mm. and, and good things will come in the end. We've you, waited for this. Yeah. Do you think after the game that Ryan Shawcross's mum came to pick him up? <laughs> he had a better reason to cry this time. Yeah, no. Um, I did see something else hilarious. I can't find it at the moment. Um, a really funny thing about it. If you take Shakiri's career in reverse, mm. it reads amazingly. <laughs> What is, where did he start? Because we have a question here about whether we, you know, would you take Shakiri because he's got a, he can take a good free kick now and again. I think my answer is no. I prefer my players to be a little less less barrel shaped than Shakiri. I'm looking it up here. Okay. He started at, well, let's see, Basel, Basel, Basel 2, Basel, Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, Stoke City. And now I presume he'll be off in the summer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's too he's too good for them, but he's not good enough for, um, you know, I think he'd do well at another um, half-promoted club. Here it is. Shakiri's career in reverse is brilliant. Establishes Stoke as a mid-table side, gets noticed after scoring the goal of the tournament at Euro 2016, <laughs> spends a season at Inter before joining Bayern Munich, where he wins the treble, then ends his career with his home club in Basel. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's a sensational career in reverse. Um, but no, I wouldn't take him either. No, 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 no. But I think we're missing the point here. We shouldn't be talking about Shakiri. We should be talking about Shawcross and, and still laughing at, at his misfortune. His face at the final whistle was an absolute picture. I got a screenshot, which I will cherish. <laughs> I might get a fucking T-shirt made out of it. You know what? Actually, I might do like they do with a royal wedding. I might get a series of commemorative plates. Make a... Some uh, placemats, crying... Crying shocker. He's not crying, he's just like, oh no. Commemorative oh. Shawcross plate. He's going, what, what club will I join this summer as I walk away from this fucking mess that I caused? He created, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah um, fuck those guys. They're gone. Fuck those guys. Okay, this one comes from 49, 49, 49, 49, 49, 49, who's at Scott's... 84, and he says, when do you think it's correct for the club to announce Arsene's successor? And with, season, uh, and with season ticket renewals coming up, how big is it that Ivan Gazidis and co. get the right man in first time? Wouldn't it be wonderful if they did it almost um, in the week after the last game? We've got a World, yeah. Cup, we've got a World Cup coming up. Um, we've got players who want to know whether... I mean, we're hamstrung enough because we have finished sixth and we're going to be playing in the Europa League. Yeah. So we need to have something... Um, as much as possible to encourage uh, teams to get on board early. I think um, one of the uh, less good things about Arsene's reign is just how late it was that we did our business. Mm. So, yeah, so it's it would be great if the club did it straight away and carried on wa- uh, carried on riding this you know wave of optimism. Really, you know, it'd be mm. it'd be a shame to let it die off 
over a long, you know, taking their time with it and letting it drag on into the World Cup, I think. Yeah, I think next week. I wonder if we might get something this week, something might start to leak out towards the end of the week because it is a World Cup summer. It is a truncated transfer window as well, isn't it? Because it closes before the season starts. It's only in the Premier League or it's only in England. Other clubs uh, in Europe have not applied the same rules. So this is something that's going to be a bit more challenging for for English clubs. And we know ourselves about transfers um, and how difficult we've made them at times. But um, are you have you got any preference as to who it should be or who it might be? Do you care? Are you just, just happy to wait and see who they announce and then go, that's amazing, or, oh, you assholes. There are people who know far more about football and this stuff than me. You know, ask Andy Brassell, ask those people who watch uh, European football Mm. and know these things inside out. Um, Part of me will be excited by, I would love for Patrick Vieira to be amazing immediately, but it's also a huge risk to take. Um, everyone mentions Allegri. Um, somebody mentioned Jardam to me yesterday as well. I don't know enough about it. I um, would be, as long as it's not Brendan Rodgers, yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I would still love it to be, uh, I, I can't even say the Owen Coyle thing again because someone like, so people start taking me seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want it to be Brendan Rodgers. I want them to get it right because we don't want it. We want to avoid uh, the moisification of our club. So let's trust. Let's trust the. Uh, let's trust the pros. Yeah, we'll see what they do. Uh, hearing a bit of chatter about Mikel Arteta as well, which would be that uh, would be a risk. It'd be a brave appointment. It'd be a fant- I mean, I was really excited by that. But you know, what? a lot of great talent has leaked out of the club for whatever reason over the years, and. Um, It'd be nice to see some of those about Mikel Arteta, Patrick Vieira in any kind of role. I mean, you know, it's oft talked about the the, the Bayern Munich model of how they surround themselves with ex-players. Mm. I would love to see that at the club. So, so yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, look, uh, have you got one more question or should we leave it there? Whatever you like. Yeah. I, um, well, um, yeah, there was a captain question. We'll leave that one. So why don't we just, <clears throat> let's just end on a, let's just end on a, positive note yeah. from Yonri at 2-0 to the Arsenal to both of us what simply what did Arsene mean to you has he had any impact on you outside of football yeah I think I think he has because of simply when you're ex- exposed to somebody I don't think that's the right way of putting it but when you when someone is that much a part of your life um, whether you're just a, an Arsenal fan or whether you're like me and you write about Arsenal all the time, it's impossible not to pick up things from from somebody. I remember at the time when he was appointed going, I was like, Arsene who? I don't know who that is. You know, we were looking at the, uh, the poor man's internet back in the day, CFAX, to find out who was going to be the manager. It was all Johan Cruyff. It was just unthinkable to me that it would be anybody other than Johan Cruyff they brought in Arsene Wenger and it was, okay, well, I don't quite know what this guy is or who he is. And maybe it teaches you that first impressions or what you think are your first impressions uh, aren't necessarily the best thing. You know, you need to judge people by what they do and how they do it and what they achieve or don't. But don't go into things with preconceived notions about people that 
just because he was French, which was a thing back then, because he wore glasses, he looked like a bit of a professor was a nice way of saying nerd, right? That's the way it was yeah. back then. And he didn't look like a football manager. He didn't look like somebody who could who could manage a team successfully because of because of the way English football was in a way. So I think if the impact he's had on me is is to judge people by what they do, not on what how you think they look or what you think is their suitability for something, you know, judge them on what they do. And I think over the 22 years, um, I've said this time and time again, I've had some of the best times of my life under Arsene Wenger. Some of the biggest football frustrations as well. I mean, there's no question about that. But more than anything, I, I will remember the first double. I remember sitting in a hotel room in Galway. We were out clubbing down there and it was a Sunday and everyone wanted to go home and this was a four o'clock game on a Sunday it was a beautiful day and they're going come on I'm going no I'm fucking staying here I'm going to watch this because we're about to win the title here at home you know that and the 2002 and Robert Perez and 2003 FA Cup and the Invincibles you know even the Champions League final as disappointing as it was is you know it's just something that will always live with me so you know I, I uh, he's meant a lot to me He's meant a lot to me, um, and I think he's had a big impact on my life, on my career, and uh, I, I was just glad to be there yesterday to, to say thank you in whatever small way that was, standing up and clapping while he walked around the pitch. Yeah, I mean, if anything, and, and again, there's a good and bad in this as well, I mean, you can call it stubbornness or you can call it a belief in, mm. an absolute unwavering belief in a principle, and it has been... It's been arguably, if you can call it a downfall, it's been his downfall because there are times when you were screaming out for him to change or adapt in a way um, you know, that the wind was blowing, but he's stuck steadfastly to his beliefs. Not only because they're not only footballing beliefs, they're beliefs about how you should live your life and, and, and how he's tried to live his. And again, I think we said it's hard to criticise someone who just who absolutely believes in there is a, a way of doing things. Yeah. And, and so if there's anything, then, yeah, that kind of um, trusting of your instincts yeah. um, is something that I'll take away from that. And, I mean, just the, yeah, uh, the... That comes across... I mean, I've, you know, I've been fortunate enough to meet him a couple of times and 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 the, a couple of times that we've been... That everyone is reduced to nodding dogs, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you see that, you know. Yeah. Um, I think when we were there, Keown still calls him boss. Like, even, you know, he doesn't have to. <laughs> so, but, but, but that comes from... Because what he is telling you, he's telling you an absolute conviction that he believes in what he is saying. And, and, and that's an impressive thing. So, yeah, um, it's a good way of finishing, just saying... Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks. It was. It's been a hell of a ride, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, oh God, hold me. We better finish the prosecco. I'm getting embarrassed. I'm getting. I'm getting shy again. I'm well, getting look. emotional. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to this. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you to Tony and Nick for the prosecco. It's uh, it's gone down very well indeed. Uh, thank you to Arsene Wenger. Um, we'll catch you on the far side. Cheers. Cheers, mate.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.